Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey everyone, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 96 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Uh, here with Chris Reynolds from entrepreneurhouse.com. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, so I'm actually leaving in exactly an hour to go over to Pi uh, to join the circus. <laughs> so, Oh, you're doing the circus hostel. Yeah. I've heard of this. They're actually having a juggling convention there uh, this weekend. So just to get out of the city, I decided, hey, I just learned how to juggle, so... Why not go? So one of the guys that stayed with us in Barcelona, his good friend runs a circus hostel. Um, his name is Russ, is Russ Hughes, um, another online entrepreneur guy. Um, I haven't met the circus hostel guy. Do you know him? No, n- uh, never never been there, never heard of him. So I'm excited that they're starting this. Nice. Yeah. Have you been to Pi? No. So, Tried to yeah. once, but I didn't. we didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. What, what happened to that? Um, well, you know James, James Ferrar? Yeah. Uh, he led us on a dirt bike trek to Pai, and um, after three days, we never made it an hour and a half outside of Chiang Pai, Chiang Pai, Chiang Mai, yeah. and um, our bikes just kept breaking down. Now. I, I actually heard about this adventure. So uh, there's a bunch of jungles when, and mountains right out, of, you know, right out of Chiang Mai on the way to Pai, which is a small mountain town, and. The trail that they wanted to do was this kind of a super advanced hardcore dirt bike trail, uh-huh. which would be fine if you had like a team. You know, you had a team with spare parts and like a mechanic, and you guys were all professional riders. But some of you were just brand new, right? Yeah, yeah. There were a couple that were just, uh, yeah, fresh off the boat. And, um, they they had some struggles, and so about every 500 yards or so, somebody would fall down, and we'd have to help them up. Then a mirror would break off, you know, when the, the bike fell over, and then one guy forgot to bring water or eat breakfast, and, you know, and we had these big heavy coats on to protect us, and helmets, and jeans, and so we're sweating in the middle of the jungle, just, just sweating, and, and one guy's going through heat exhaustion. And, um, but the, the good thing is, is like we, we applied this, you know, we were a good team. We were all strong-minded people and we helped each other through it and everybody still, none of, no, nobody regretted the trip at all, but, um, it was a little, uh, bit of an ego bruiser because we, you know, only made it an hour and we were supposed to do like three days into the jungle, go through Pi, go up by the border of, of Burma. And uh, we only made it like an hour and a half outside of Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai. You know, it, it would have been cool if you guys made it all the way, but at the same time, it's about the journey. Journey. It, it really is, is right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what's so cool about everything we do, whether we do it here in Chiang Mai or in Spain or somewhere else in the world, Yeah, is all these different places have different journeys. Yeah. And I think that's actually one big reason why I want to start traveling more this year is because I've gotten very comfortable in Chiang Mai. Yeah. And it's no, even though there are these cool things like... I haven't been dirt bike, uh, dirt biking, but I went on an ATV ride mm-hmm. and through the same jungle, but with the guide so they can take care of everything that breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's it, you know, that stuff is super fun, but at the same time, like day to day stuff, even just getting around, trying you know, trying to find a bus to the next city, all that, you know, all that was an adventure. So, mm-hmm. you know, these are things I kind of miss. Yeah. 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 It, it's a big journey, right? Yeah. So, uh, tell me about the entrepreneur house. How, how did that start? And kind of what's that about? Um, so I, 
uh, a year and a nearly half ago now, I had a, a guy named Eric Paquette come um, to Barcelona and live with me for a month. And um, I, at this time, I had been traveling the world for three years. I lived in Costa Rica. I lived in, in Peru, all over Spain. And um, it was the first time I had uh, another like-minded entrepreneur live with me. And while life in Costa Rica was great, I lived near the beach, had a two-bedroom house, had um, you know monkeys swinging in the yard in the morning when we woke up. Um, it was still, I was missing something. I was missing that like-minded communication and friends. And so um, when I arrived in Barcelona, I met some other entrepreneurs and Eric needed a place to stay for the month. And so when he stayed, um, we set all kinds of goals to to work on for the month. Um, we pulled numerous all-nighters working till 6 a.m., uh, pushing each other. Uh, we practiced a different language every day, um, five days a week. We worked out together. We went and had fun together and saw the city. And like our productivity, just being around each other, skyrocketed. And um, it was an amazing experience. And I thought to myself, and there's guys, all guys and girls all over the world that need this camaraderie. And so I put a post out on a forum and I said, um, you know, who wants to come to Barcelona for three months and um, work away our goals, enjoy the city. I put the highlights about the city, what I loved about it. And um, and so it got really good feedback. And so the following uh, well, this past February 2015, uh, we had um, pretty much 12 people come to Barcelona. Nine of them lived uh, in the apartments that I set up. And we did masterminds, we did goal setting, we had fun together, we saw the city, we went to the mountains together, and it was, it was incredible. And everybody said, you know, I just did this as for fun, as a fun little project. And everybody said, um, you know, you got to do this more, you know, make it into a business and, and, and snowball it and, and get more people to Barcelona and different cities. And so um, we had a, there was a big conference coming to Barcelona in the summer. And so I knew some other online uh, guys would be there. And so um, we, I set up a house for June, one for June and July, then one for August and then one for August and September. And over that time total now we've had like in Barcelona, I think there were 38 people that came and stayed with us. And this whole time, you know, um, people are growing their businesses. People are making partnerships. People are creating products. People are um, just enjoying Barcelona and a new city. And um, so. I, I think that's awesome because Barcelona is one of those places where maybe it is like easy, to, you know, relatively easy to get around if you just show up. Mm -hmm. But it's not like Chiang Mai where it's super established yeah. where you can just show up and get plugged into a network. Yeah. So I would love to talk more about Barcelona, but I haven't been to Spain, uh -huh. so I, it's gonna be very unfair if I if I judge if I you know if I say one is better than the other. Right. But just from you know what I can tell so far um, and what I've heard, uh, it's one of those places where you know it has the potential to be a huge digital nomad hub as well agreed yeah. but right now it's much easier if you have someone to kind of show you the ropes exactly yeah i, w I would wholeheartedly agree yeah that's cool so how many of these uh entrepreneur house events have you put together now and where have they been um so five and i think one two three four five in barcelona and one here in chiang mai and these are the two cities and then we're going to rio in the future in okay. january very cool and so so far just kind of and, and it's cool we actually have uh one of your your guests here uh yeah. aaron nunez so we're gonna hear from him in a minute but just from your impressions and kind of what other people have said 
so far? Like, has it, have, have any of them actually been to both Barcelona and then here to Chiang Two of the guys. So Aaron here and another guy, Steven Vanderpel. Um, both of them wanted to come to uh, Asia and, and Chiang Mai and check it out. And so they came to the house here. Okay. So Aaron, uh, like what made you decide to go to, to Barcelona, Barcelona? Then what made you decide to come here to uh, Chiang Mai? And why did you do it through the entrepreneur house and not just on your own? So let's see. I was, I think I was traveling. I just finished coming back from Colombia. And it was last Christmas, and I got a call from, from Chris, and uh, we'd known each other for a few years. And so he knew what I was doing. You know, I was traveling and working at the same time. He liked what I was doing, and he just told me, what, told me about the Entrepreneur House and you know, getting a group of guys together to live together, to brainstorm, to hang out, to explore. And that sounded so much more fun than traveling by myself. And so... Yeah, I mean, basically, just I went, I, I, you know, I was like, cool, I'm in. So I did it. I loved it. And then at that point, he told me he was doing a Chiang Mai one and it just, you know, kind of fell into place. Okay. And so have you heard of either, I mean, I, I'm sure you've heard of Barcelona, but have you heard, like, did you know much about Barcelona or Chiang Mai before you decided to sign up for these things? No, nothing. Okay. Nothing at all. And where are you from? From Texas. Okay. So you just heard, hey, there's a bunch of entrepreneurs getting together this place called Spain or this place in Thailand. Right. Let me just check it out. Right. I mean, but for me, like I love the business lifestyle. I, lo- I can talk about business all day long. And so I, I do the marketing side of my business. And so getting together with a group of like-minded guys is, that's just like a dream. That's a dream lifestyle for me. Okay. Yeah, I like it. And I, I that, that's why I think there's such a big place for things like this, where to me, because I've been traveling for seven years now, it almost doesn't make sense. I'm like, well, why don't you just show up? You know, you can just, you know, show up, um, walk around, maybe you'll meet some people. And to me, that's part, kind of part of the adventure. But mm-hmm. I also remember the very first time I traveled, I wanted to know where I was going to be, where I was going to sleep, what I was going to eat. Uh, so I can definitely see the benefit of that as well. Uh, what do you think of, like, what, what are the differences? What are the pros and cons of Barcelona and Chiang Mai so far? So, so Barcelona, I mean, they're completely different. Like you said, Chiang Mai is so super easy to get plugged into the system. And I come here, and it feels like, it feels like as Chris said, it feels like a college campus. You can walk around, everyone. You see people you know. You can easily just, I mean, at camp or their co-working spaces. You just, it's easy to meet people, and it's and uh, and yeah, it's just super easy to meet people. And what I really like about Chiang Mai is the outdoor lifestyle. So we have the mountains super close, and we went downhill mountain biking. We did, you know, like as Chris said, we went dirt biking too. Um, so I really enjoy that side. So we also went cliff jumping over here in their like mini Grand Canyon over here in Chiang Mai. That was fun too. They have a lot of outdoor activities and it seems like these are my people. Like the, the people that are hanging out here like to do active stuff and, and also like to talk business. So for me, that's just, that's what, that's what I like. Barcelona was cool. It was just, it was like a big, it is a big city. And so what was really cool about experiencing the Barcelona house is, yeah, it was kind of hard to get plugged in. So we felt like together we were our own tribe. So we were like, we would, you know, go out together. We would go, I mean, we'd, we'd stick together. And so we actually grew a really close bond. And at the same time we did, we were, we were able to network and we met some really cool guys, other entrepreneurs in Barcelona. Barcelona's cool. It's just, they have the beach. So I was playing, I was playing ultimate frisbee on the beach. Um, I think the dating scene for me is a little bit better over there. I, I, my kind of girl is, you know, um, you know, there are more of them in Barcelona. So I think there are a lot more. Um, diverse, you know, girls in Barcelona. So, and then the party lifestyle is definitely, um, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely more intense in Barcelona. I mean, they, they don't start partying till like ten o'clock, and or they don't eat finish dinner till ten o'clock, and they go till like five in the morning. Which, you know, it's you know, for some people, that's 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 good. You know, actually, one of the reasons why I like Chiang Mai so much is the fact that 
things close early. So people start early. So l- last night I was um, I was hanging out and I was actually buying my bus tickets so I can go to Pi today. Mm-hmm. And I was at the I was at a hostel just buying some tickets. And I met this you know this group of Dutch people and it's like seven o'clock or something. And they had just came back from the bottle shop with you know with Sprite and some mixers and some vodka. And I kind of just jokingly said like, "Oh, are you guys starting already?" And then and they said, "Yeah, because the bars close at midnight." So we have to start now. Right. And to me, that and that's perfect because they actually said, and they said it's perfect because they get to go to sleep early. They're not as hungover in the morning and they can actually still do stuff in the morning. Mm. So to me, that's perfect. And I've always been kind of a morning person. And I understand not everyone's like me. So there are, there are going to be people who really like that night owl lifestyle where they like going for dinner at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. and then partying until the morning, you know, till 5 a.m. But it is not me at all. So, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and so I don't like to party late either. Although, yeah, and so the, the culture in Barcelona is like it pushes you to stay out later and later, which, you know, it's it's fun to do for a little bit. But either way, there is – you can stay active, you know, go to the beach um, and play volleyball, swim. So there's a lot of things to do, you know, during the day as well. So what about cost of living? Um, so I'm assuming with the Entrepreneur House, the, the – the cost of your apartment is included already. Mm-hmm, right. And so what about just other expenses like food or going out? Which one was more? Oh, I mean, the cost of living in Thailand is like half. Yeah. Uh, in Barcelona, I mean, yeah, I would cook for myself, you know, go out a little bit. But in, in Chiang Mai, it's, just, it's so cheap. I mean, I don't I mean, I don't cook at all. I just eat out all the time, which typically, like if you're in the States, eating out all the time would, you know, you, you could definitely spend a lot of money. But here, I eat out all the time. I don't cook anything. And I mean, we rented dirt bikes for like $25 a day, $25 a day. And we had a dirt bike and we were in the mountains. So that was super cool. Um, and so as far as cost wise, Chiang Mai. Okay, nice. So, so Chris, I'm curious. So now that you've been to, to both, would you do another entrepreneur house? I mean, I, are you going to do them in both cities now or are you going to, is there one that you prefer to do them in? Uh, I, I'm doing it in both in 2016. Yeah, I'm planning on Chiang, another Chiang Mai house this time next year, and then um, four four ish in Barcelona over the summer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, what type of people would you recommend the Barcelona versus the the Chiang Mai for? Like, which one would be better for what type of person? I the only thing I could say is that it depends on where you want to go. Um, some people haven't experienced Europe, or they really love Europe, and What's great about Barcelona is like some of the guys um, uh, and people that stayed would do a weekend trip to Amsterdam or to Pamplona for the running of the bulls um, or to Morocco or something like that. So you had all those European cities that were really close and fairly cheap to travel to. So that was great if you want to see Europe. Um, Asia is much different, much different and still uh, cheap to fly to. So you can go to Saigon, you know, for a weekend trip or, uh, um, you know, anywhere really in the area, which is great, too. I wouldn't say, I don't know, would you say there's a different type of people attracted to different cities? My my, my suggestion would be like, um, it, it's whatever you're ready for. If you're ready for Asia, come check out Asia, you know. If you're ready for, uh, if you love if you're Europe, you know, Barcelona is a great city to experience that at. You know, yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And also, like, for example, I never really wanted to learn Thai, mm-hmm. even though I've been for so long and I, and I can speak enough to order food and just be polite. Mm-hmm. I never had a deep desire to learn, invest time to learn the language because I know it's not useful anywhere else in the world. Right. But Spanish is. Right. So if I lived there, I would actually take my time and, and learn Spanish. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was a great city to practice Spanish. Um, a lot of people in Barcelona speak Catalan too, so you can pick up a bit of Catalan, which is useless anywhere outside of Barcelona, but, um, yeah. Okay. I like it. So have you traveled much outside of uh, Spain to other parts of Europe? Yes. Uh, oh, Europe. Um, yeah. So I've been to England, the Netherlands, Croatia, uh, Italy, Germany, France, um, Morocco's right there, uh, Switzerland, and Austria. I think that's the cool thing, and you brought this up uh, a second ago, is if you're based in anywhere in Europe, it's so easy to get around. Yeah. So that's why this summer, I don't know exactly where I'm going to be yet, but I'm definitely going to be in Europe. And I think I'm going to take advantage of the full 90 days that we get as U.S. citizens to just be in Europe without a visa. Yeah. What, like, I guess, for just for, for visa situations... I, for almost every single country, for you know the U.S., Canada, Australia, England, well, actually, well, England's part of Europe, so you can kind of just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But for the other Western countries, they can just go to Spain for for three months at a time, right? Uh, yeah, uh, but I have you're a U.S. citizen, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a hack for that. Okay. Um, have you heard of a duplicate passport? In no. The US? How do you do that? Okay, so it's really easy, especially for guys like us. Um, I have two U.S. passports. And they grant this loophole for U.S. citizens for two reasons. The first reason, if you travel to Middle Eastern countries, there's other Middle Eastern countries that won't allow you to go to that to country because you've been in Israel, for example. Um, so they, uh, so then you can have two U.S. passports if you want to travel to like Israel, Pakistan, um, uh, anywhere any, in, in the Middle East. Um, the second reason is, and this happened to me, I was in Barcelona to the, in 2014, I had a trip to Ghana planned. Um, what I had to do is I had to physically mail my passport back to the U.S. to get a visa to go to Ghana, and then it had to be physically mailed back to me in Barcelona. And it got lost in a Spanish mail system on the way back, and I missed my trip to Ghana. So for people that travel abroad um, months out of the year, uh, that's another uh, reason to get a second U.S. passport. So now when I go to Europe, I go in on one passport for 90 days, and then I'll travel to Croatia or Morocco or, or somewhere, Eastern Europe, and then I get stamped out, and then I come back in a couple of days later on the other passport. Wow. So I can stay there year-round on that passport. Never heard of this. This is super cool. Mm-hmm. How do you get the second passport? Like, Do you, do you say you've lost it, or do you have to say... You just want it. You just want a second. Passport. Oh, it's completely legal. Yeah, and so you can. I used. Um, there's two third-party companies that I know about. Actually, Chris Gillibo uh, talks about this on one of his blog posts. Um, you can use this company. I used uh, abriggs.com or visahq.com, and you contact them and you just ask them about a second passport. And um, the the regulations to get it are very easy. You need a flight itinerary. A itinerary. I didn't have an itinerary. All I had was um, a flight leaving the U.S. to London. And I told them, I wrote on a piece of paper what I thought my itinerary would be for the following year. And you need a handwritten letter of why you need the passport. And then a typed letter of um, something like... Um, um, I don't know. There's a type letter, but it, it was easy. And um, then I sent it in to the third-party company. They're across the street from 
the people in Washington that process the second passport. Um, it's a different passport number. It's a different photo. Uh, it's a completely different passport. And the only difference is, is it lasts only two years instead of 10 years. And then um, they send it back to you and you have two U.S. passports. And it's just a smart idea for, for digital nomads anyway to have a second passport um, to bounce around in case you lose one. You know, there's less risk on our part. And, um, and I know one guy who actually um, had to turn in. He got the second passport that lasted for two years. He had to um, renew it. And when they renewed it, they sent him back another passport for 10 years. So then he had two passports that were for 10, the validation on it were for 10 years. That's amazing. I never heard of this. I'm so happy to have you on because yeah. <laughs> this is going to be my ultimate hack. Yeah. Uh, my first idea was I want to spend more than three months in Europe this mm-hmm. year. So... I was going to spend 90 days in the Shenzhen area and then 90 days in the non-Shenzhen area. Yeah. But I don't actually know what countries that are not part of the Shenzhen Union I'd want to be in. Uh, Croatia is a great one. Um, Basically, it's Western Europe versus Eastern Europe for the most part. Um, You know, there's, there's, uh, sorry, Bulgaria. Aaron went to Bulgaria after he was in Barcelona. Um, You know, there's, there's, you know... um, I think Poland, Poland. No, Poland's now part of yeah. Shenzhen. Yeah, because um, I would have went there because that would have been cool. Uh, Ukraine. Um, Don't want to go to Ukraine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's Slovakia, Slovenia, you know, Bulgaria, um, um, a bunch of countries over there. Cool I've countries. actually heard good things about uh, Bulgaria. So, do you mind kind of talking a little bit about that? Let's Aaron? Do it. Yeah, I was there for like yeah, two and a half, three months. Uh, so I stayed in. I mean, Bulgaria is not one of those like sexy places that you know that you want to go to that people are talking about and everyone every time i tell people i'm going to bulgaria they'll be like bulgaria like why bulgaria well i decided to go there because i have a friend um, who lives there with his wife um they've been living there for a couple years and i know from traveling that it's some, some most of the time it's a lot more fun when you know somebody who lives there so i go to sophia and we just have a blast he also works from home um and he's also a musician and so put those two together and there's like nonstop music and his wife's a singer. And so like nonstop, there was music jam sessions. So, well, so we stayed in Sofia. So I, we dove into like the, the music scene in Sofia. Um, there's not a ton of stuff to do, but it's Sofia has everything you need. It was pretty inexpensive. Uh, I mean, our cleaning lady, we paid her like $2 an hour. She'd clean and cook for us, you know, authentic Bulgarian food. We also went to Varna, which is the, the beach city in, in Bulgaria. And we also went to Beli Isker, one of the mountain um, towns in in Bulgaria. So Bulgaria has. I mean, what's cool is that they have the sea. I mean, they don't have like big waves for surfing or anything, but they do have the sea and they do have uh, big mountains. So they do have skiing in the winter time and they do have um, downhill mountain biking in the summertime. And it was fairly close to Sofia, uh, so I really enjoyed it. I like that. I've actually heard from a few different people that Sofia is like the hidden hotspot for digital nomads. Uh, so just kind of rapid fired questions, uh, cost of living, internet speed, other, other digital nomads, networking, you know, those kind of things. Right. Did, uh, internet speed. Fantastic. Definitely better than the States. It's not as good. So if you'd have the super Wi-Fi like with AIS, it's like a hundred over a hundred. So it's not like, like that, but it's definitely like upload, download at least 30. Um, and then digital nomads, there are definitely some. You kind of have to find them. It's not as central as Chiang Mai. You just come to this neighborhood and like walk, and you'll see them. Um, you do have to find them, but you know, with some networking, you can easily find the digital nomads. And what was the other question? Uh, cost of living. Cost of living. So it's between. So it's between Barcelona and between Chiang Mai. So uh, 
I mean, I guess to compare, like going out to eat here, I spend like two dollars and it's like a complete meal. Um, in in Bulgaria, it would be like five dollars for a complete meal. Barcelona, you know, you go out and it's like eight dollars. Okay, you know, I check that out as well. I mean, it's it's so crazy how much option we have. I think the only thing that's actually limiting is the amount of warm months there are in Europe. So I think ideally I would spend the whole winter, so six months in Thailand and then like six months in uh, in Europe somewhere, whether it be Berlin or maybe Sofia or maybe Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I have some friends now in Lipson, Portugal, mm-hmm. and that they said it's a, a kind of hidden hotspot as well. Have, yeah. you, have you been there? I have not. Yeah, I have a friend that, that lives in Lisbon too, and he really loves it. Yeah, they say it's um, it's – only about 10% more expensive than Chiang Mai, which means really? it's super dirt cheap. Yeah, uh, People are very friendly. It's a nice place and they have tons of co-working spaces. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to check it out because uh, just because I have friends there. And I don't know. I, I think I'm excited. You know, um, I've decided I'm keeping my apartment here in Chiang Mai for a whole year. So I don't know if I'm going to just keep it empty or maybe I'm going to Airbnb it or find mm-hmm. someone to stay here. And I'm going back to the U.S. for Christmas. So I'm going to get a six-month multiple entry visa. Mm-hmm. And that way I can kind of come and come back and forth from Thailand whenever I want. And now, after talking to you, I'm going to apply for that second passport. <laughs> so uh, if I want to stay in Europe longer, uh, hopefully I can do that. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll kind of report back on, on how all that goes. Uh, wh- what are your plans, Chris? Um, so I leave tonight. I head to San Francisco for a day and then up to Northern California on um, a ranch to do some like goal setting, personal development uh, classes, um, which would be cool. And then I go to Missouri where I'm from for Christmas for five weeks. Uh, on the 16th of January, I head down to Rio. Uh, we're doing a house there for two months until the end of March. And then um, back to Barcelona for some more um, entrepreneur houses in, in April. What were you doing before Entrepreneur House, and are you still doing that? Uh, yes and no. Uh, lots of things. So yes and no, I'm doing them. Um, I, I run a personal development, like inspirational blog called The One Effect. Um, I've done niche websites, you know, where you put Google AdSense up on the side of it, uh, contracting work online, and some translating and little things here and there. Okay. I started um, working online, I guess, in 2009. Started building stuff online. And then moved to Costa Rica in 2011. Nice. And I think the entrepreneur house, is, it's cool that you've kind of found not only a need, but something you, you seem like you really enjoy putting together. Uh, and it can also be a business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the biggest highlight for me in this project is um, bringing people that are just like us from all over the world to um, bond uh, have incredible story to create incredible stories together and we really form like a, um, a little like a, a, a we become like brothers or sisters um, and we form like a little family like when we were one of the guys that stayed in Barcelona with us he was like I felt like I was with family because we had we would have Easter together you know we would do um, Saturday Sunday night dinners together and so um you know, you have your tribe or your family at home or, or your social groups back home or wherever you're at. And it's cool to come to a new city and people uh, can get out of that and form a quick bond and friendship um, in such a, a quick period of time being in a new city. How long are your entrepreneurs, entrepreneur house like trips? Um, so I've ran them as, as long as three months and as short as one month. 
And uh, I'm going to start doing um, just one-month houses. The one in Rio we're doing for two months um, just because I've never been to Brazil and I want to spend a little bit more time down there. And, but when we come back to Barcelona, we'll have one month. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what made you decide to make them shorter now? Um, I wanted to, to include more, um, I guess you could call it like impact education. So for the one in Chiang Mai, we brought in advisors. And so we had advisors who were $500,000 or higher uh, with their businesses. And um, they could come in and they could sit down with these guys and have one-on-ones with them and sit there and chat about growing their business, where their goals are, and how they could catapult it. Um, and I wanted to create it, uh, uh, just bring it up a little bit, um, on the learning and growing, uh, as a business on, as a business aspect of the house and their stay there. Um, and that's the main reason. Um, also, um, um, honestly, people get tired of living each other with each other after a month or so, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter who you live with. It doesn't matter your, your roommate, your family, uh, you're always going to get a little exhausted of being around people after a while. And so a month is a good, good amount of time where people can, uh, form really good friendships, start partnerships, uh, create products together, create podcasts together, whatever they want. And then at the end of it, go and, and back to their, wherever they want to go and still continue to work together, have those friendships. So that's another reason. I mean, I can imagine a lot of people might just end up staying either, you know, close by or the same city and say, well, you know, I like it here. Now that I've gotten all these ideas, uh, met all these people, maybe I'll just stay and work for a while. Yeah, well, Aaron's actually doing that. And a couple other guys that came to Chiang Mai, they got their own apartments and they're staying longer and and they're going to do some work and hang out together. Uh, That's cool to hear. So, Aaron, what are your plans uh, now? I mean, so what are your kind of favorite things about Chiang Mai and what made you decide to stay longer and how long are you staying? So um, so I actually would have stayed, I don't know, three, four, four more months. The only thing is that my friend decided to get married on New Year's Eve. So I'm going back to the States for his wedding. And my kind of rule is, my rule is I don't want to stay, I don't want to come back to a place because there's so many places to see. So I would have literally stayed in Chiang Mai probably like maybe four or five months total. Um, as long as I w- was able to, because um, <clears throat> Chiang Mai is a really crazy city. I think the people here that it attracts are 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 my kind of people. So they're they're business minded. Well, at least in this group, they're very business minded, and they're also adventurous. And so I, I mean, that's just that's, those are the people I like to hang around with. So that's the biggest thing, and it's it's fun like driving around in a scooter or just like yeah, just eating. And what I mean, the biggest thing for me that changed my life was not cooking. And so I, I've definitely gotten spoiled of not cooking at all because before I like to eat healthy and typically to eat healthy, you know, you, you know I cook it for myself, but it takes so much time. And so here I've really gotten uh, you know, accustomed to just, you know, going out getting, you know, some nice rice and vegetables and chicken and stuff. And it's super cheap. So. Yeah, definitely. So what are the downsides of Chiang Mai kind of compared to some of the other places you've been? Well, for me, it's definitely the dating scene. So I'm, you know, my, I like American girls. And the American girls that I typically run through here are backpackers and, you know, hippies. And that's cool. And all. it's just not exactly my type of girl. So the dating scene ha- definitely has a downside for some guys. For some guys, they love it. You know, it's definitely like some guys just love the dating scene here. For me, it's not so much. And uh, other than that, um, I think that's really like the only downside for me because everything else sounds pretty good. You know, I've actually heard that from a few people. Um where their idea of of dating or or having fun going out is going to like a like a nightclub. You know, there's lots of people. There's you know hundreds of people you could talk to. Uh, Chiang Mai is more of a place where like you might meet you know a handful of really cool girls that are more into yoga than they would be 
like putting on high heels and, and, and dancing. Right. Uh, I know that there's plenty of guys, you know, who that's like, they're like, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, I don't want to go to a nightclub. I don't want to pop bottles. I don't want to like dress up. I just want to like chill, have a picnic. Uh, so for those guys, they love it here. But then I, w- I would say for the guys who enjoy the, I don't want to say like more Western style of dating, but you know, it's, it's a big city style of dating. They much prefer Saigon or Bangkok. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said that you, you enjoyed it in Barcelona. What was that like? So yeah, in Barcelona, well, Barcelona ended up having a girlfriend for pretty much the entire time I was there. And so, I mean, so that was really cool. So yeah, we'd go out together. We would you know, go to the beach. You know, I saw her pretty frequently all the time. So that was cool. So, I mean, there were, I mean, in Barcelona, there were lots of girls around everywhere. You'd walk out on the street and they'd be like, you could go talk to like so many girls that, you know, and they, and they had like every single variety possible of women. So everybody you know, could have, you know, they, they did have the yoga girls. They had the sophisticated classic girls. They had the party girls. And so they had pretty much everything that, that you could ask for. And it's in Europe. So you have, you know, a train ride away for the weekend. You can, you can be in any other city right? and you can, you know, go party it up. <laughs> so yeah, I, I can see why, why that would be a big benefit for, especially a single guy. Right. Uh, what were the downsides of, of Spain? Mm. I would say that, uh, they did have they did have some mountains. I'm more of an outdoors guy. I do like the beach. The beach was not my style of beach. You know, the waves. I would rather have a beach living in a place where the you know where the ocean had some nice surfing waves. And so they didn't really have that. Um, mountains were I guess they they were close enough. To, yeah, I guess you could go you could go skiing like 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 an hour away, which is cool. The downsides. Um, too many topless girls on the beach. <laughs> right. That's, that was definitely too distracting for for most guys. Uh, you can't work. You can't work on the beach at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, the downsides of Barcelona weren't. Uh, it does get super crowded in the summertime. Like you could hardly walk, and it does. And the weather. So in the wintertime too, it is a little chilly, but in the summertime it's beautiful. But then again, in the summer it gets packed with tourists in Barcelona. How crazy is it that it's December in Chiang Mai, and this is our winter, and it's like beautiful and sunny every day. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. But actually, a lot of people come to Chiang Mai in December specifically because it is cooler. It doesn't mean it's cold. It just means it's like a kind of a nice chill almost where in the mornings and at night, you might wear like a very thin jacket, mm-hmm. pretty much only if you're on a motorbike. Uh, but during the day, it's like you can walk around in a t- t-shirt and jeans or shorts and it's like, it's cool. It's comfortable, you know? Right. Yeah. It'll definitely be a shock going back to the States and even to like, I mean, I'm from Texas and even then it's cold in Texas. Yeah. yeah I'm actually going to Texas uh, to see some friends for New Year's Eve. Nice. So I'm excited for that. What city? To Austin. Ooh, Austin's one of my favorite places to go. Well, actually, so the way that all this came about was I was, I think I like had messaged uh, Anton who announced that he got engaged. So congratulations, Anton. And I said, hey, you know, what, what, are, you, what are your plans for, for Christmas? And he said, oh, I'm going to go home for, to New York. But I'm thinking about just going for like three days because it's so cold there. <laughs> and I said, you know, you're crazy. You can't fly all the way to the U.S. for three days. Like, why don't you just, you know, go to Austin or somewhere and, and stay longer? And he's, he's planning on moving there in September, so next year. So, and I told him, I was like, you know what? Tell you what, I wasn't planning on going home for Christmas, but if you're going to go to Austin, I'll meet you out there. <laughs> you know, just so we can hang out for a few days. Because I think ever since, so, I, so even though I'm good friends with, with Anton, I haven't really seen him for, for a year. You know, I saw, saw him at the retreat for a few days, but he's busy with everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't then 
for a year before that, I didn't see him until the, the retreat before that. And the only real time, like, since two years that we've hung out was when we went to Europe together. Uh, but then he had his girlfriend, I had a girlfriend, and we were both just, you know, we just got busy with life. So I actually don't even know until today, like, it's uh, if he's even going to Austin or not. But I got sick of waiting around, so I said, you know what? I have other friends. Like, I'm just going to make a, a trip to Austin. Uh, so nice. I've actually, yeah, so... You know, I, th- I think it's the place I would live in the U.S. if I if I wasn't traveling. Austin's definitely one of my top three places I would live in the States. I'd live there for six months, and I would consider... I mean, there's so much to do in Austin, too. Um, I had a blast in Austin. It's a great outdoor city, great business city, great nightlife city, great dating city. It's uh, it's great. Uh, what uh, You said there's three top choices that you would live... New places that you would live in the U.S. What are the other ones? Well, other ones Denver, and the other one is to be discovered. Okay, so why why Denver? <laughs> because well, so I lived in Denver for four years, and in Denver, Denver also has a big entrepreneur scene. They have the you know the Rocky Mountains an hour and a half away. Big, I mean big mountains. So downhill mountain biking, whitewater rafting, snowboarding, skiing, um, hiking, fourteeners. Uh, rock climbing it's just like the outdoor scene and then they also have the business scene and then denver it's a huge city so they have everything that you need as far as you know everything a big city has to offer um and the dating scene was was great too over there um and in denver i mean i got grew attached I, I was in an improv group in denver colorado and that was probably some of the most fun i've ever had with a group of friends you know just improv you know i'm um, constantly all the time and it was just it was a lot of fun so i never considered denver but that sounds like a cool place so i'll check that out uh, on my list of possible places I'll live is actually Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm, interesting. And it's because I had met someone who was a snowboarding instructor. And they're saying that Salt Lake is the perfect place because it's, you know, you're like 20, 30 minutes away from the slope. So you, but you can still live in the city. And the nice thing about living in the city is you're able to have like a normal life. You know, you can, you know, go do stuff. Uh, apartments are a lot cheaper because it's a city that people just live in. Uh, but you're still so close to the slopes that you can go every weekend. And I've actually never been snowboarding or skiing, but I figure if I'm going to do it, I want to do it properly. I want to like take a few weeks or a few months even to learn. So there is a pretty good chance that in the next couple of years, maybe even next winter, I'm just going to spend like the whole whole winter, maybe two or three months in Salt Lake. Yeah. Uh, so what, what about you, Chris? Like where would you live in the U.S.? Um... My number one city would be San Diego, um, just because San Diego has such a great vibe, warm weather and beach. Um, I have a, a bucket list goal to spend, I'd like to spend six months in Telluride, Colorado. And I don't know if you guys have ever been, but it's um, a really small ski town. And the vibe in the summer is like, it's 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 got such a... Um, open-minded like really cool vibe like people were out riding beach cruisers and mountain bikes in the summer they have um, ski lifts that can take your mountain bike to the top of the mountain uh, for free and you can just ride down and do some downhill mountain biking people are playing uh, softball in the park and frisbee and everybody's just outdoors doing something in the winter time it becomes um, a ski resort and um, the, the what's cool is it's like kind of the perfect little small american town um, they have these old, you know, American style buildings on both sides with the downtown square. Um, and then, uh, the, the, the depth of the valley that Telluride li- lies in is, is very, very, and the mountains are very steep on both sides. So it's, a, it's an amazing little town. So never heard of that. It's cool. Yeah. I like it. Uh, 
Uh, I would actually definitely live in San Diego as well. It's my, f- it's actually my favorite place in California, and I've lived pretty much everywhere in California. Uh-huh. Grew up in San Francisco, so I lived, you know, been around the Bay Area quite a bit. Uh, went to school in Orange County, lived in LA, and I lived in San Diego as well. And I think San Diego is the perfect mixture of being relatively affordable. It's a lot cheaper than the, all those other cities, uh, but having great beach, having mm-hmm. you know some nice mountains. Uh, but people are just laid back. People are cool. Yeah, you know, it's. I think it's because it's not as expensive and not as crazy. Uh, slightly less traffic. Just overall great. And I think it's actually easier to get from San Diego to San Francisco than even from LA. And it's actually cheaper if you fly. Really. And I think it's because it's too far of a drive, so no one drives. So you have to fly. Uh-huh. Uh, and because of that, there's tons of routes. People are, you know, are going going up and down eight times a day. Uh, you can fly to Vegas. You can drive to Mexico. Um, but just even staying in San Diego is great. I consider um, the vibe in San Diego very similar to Barcelona. Um, and that's another reason why I like Barcelona is, um, you know, it's a beach vibe. People are laid back in Spain, pretty chill. A lot of people in California are the people that have left their small towns throughout the U.S. or their, their towns that they didn't necessarily like to go to California for more opportunity, right? And it's the same in Barcelona. All throughout Europe, um, even the Middle East and Africa, people leave their towns and their countries that um, they didn't have opportunity or they didn't like for whatever reason. And they go to a place like Barcelona. It's very international, and it has all people from all those regions there. And that kind of gives like a multicultural international vibe there. You know what? That, that's perfect. I like it. Uh, unfortunately, the only reason why I'm not in San Diego is for tax reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. one is paying, you know, California state income tax. Uh-huh, it's big. Which sucks. Yeah. Uh, which I'm still paying for now because I'm still technically a resident of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think as maybe as soon as this trip back, I'm going to legally move my residence to Texas. No yeah. state income tax. Uh, I mean, like, I, I haven't even been in California in, you know, two years. So why am I paying tax there? Right. Yeah. Uh, and the second reason why I'm not in the U S is because of the foreign earned income tax exclusion. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys have, have you guys heard of it or I used it in 2012. I think I'm going to use it in 2016 also. Okay. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, but it sounds like you're going home for more than, more than a month this time, right? This time, but you can divide that up. So it doesn't have to be necessarily in one state in the U S you can, um, so like I, I'll be in the U S for just two weeks in 2016 this year. So as long as I don't, um, get another, so that's 15 days. So as long as I don't spend another 20 days on U S soil, I can, um, get the foreign earned income exclusion tax. It's yeah. a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit complicated. Uh, but you know, it's, it's been saving me quite a bit of money. So mm-hmm. that's the other reason why I haven't been at home back to the U S as often. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, honestly, I kind of miss it, you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to going back. Um, for those who want to meet up in person, uh, I just sent out an email. So if you're not subscribed to the list, please go to johnnyfd.com or travellikeabosspodcast.com. Uh, we're going to do a meetup in Austin, Texas, in Los Angeles, and then in San Francisco. So for anyone who wants to, you know, just, just meet other listeners in person, maybe discuss some ideas, it'd be like a two-hour version of the entrepreneur house <laughs> so you can get a taste of what it's like and what will be cool is you guys can kind of meet each other in person um that are from the same city and i bet you there's tons of people listening right now that have no idea there's other people in the same city also listening to this uh so if you want to join for that um we have our facebook group it's travel like a boss army so you can look look there or just sign up for the mailing list and you'll 
you've got details for that. Uh, so Chris, uh, what what are your what are your plans uh, moving forward? Kind of any any last words for everyone? Yeah, so I'm just um, I'm going to keep doing houses, and anybody out there that uh, wants to come along, you're more than welcome. Um, I'm sure we can get contact information. And um, no, just for anybody out there that's waiting to make the leap, just I say JFDI, just freaking do it and uh, go travel the world, hang out with Johnny, hang out with me, hang out with Aaron. We're open and, and would love to meet everybody. I like it. And so people want to reach out to you or check out your website, what would that be? Theentrepreneurhouse.com. Okay. Very the cool. best place. Contact information there. Very cool. So uh, Aaron, uh, what, what are your plans and, and how can people reach you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, next, I mean, over the next few months, we're going to be cranking away at our business. Um, we have a lot of projects coming up. So we do. Yeah. So again, you guys can find us, me at the attractive We show guys how to meet girls in everyday situations. And we have a lot of boot camps coming up, which got featured on ABC nightline. So that was pretty big for us. And so we're definitely moving with that momentum. Um, but yeah, I'll continue traveling and I hope uh, to see you guys somewhere in the world. All right. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, peace out everyone. And, uh, by the way, we are almost coming up to our 100th episode. And if you go to travellikeabosspodcast.com, you're going to see a link that says 100th episode. And in there, you're going to be able to be on the show. So all you have to do is submit a one-minute recording of you just saying what's up, where you're from, uh, and how this show has impacted your life, uh, either travel or entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur journey. And you can just record it on your phone. So if you have any smartphone, just use your voice memo app. Uh, give a quick, quick shout out and you can email it to me at johnny at travellikeabosspodcast.com or if you go on travellikeabosspodcast.com, click the episode 100 link. Uh, there's actually a built-in voice recorder on there. So obviously it'd be awesome if you have a great mic like one of the ones that we use for the podcast. But even if you're just using your phone, uh, it's all good as well. And we're going to have a really, really cool 100th episode kind of featuring some of your recordings. Uh, so hope everyone is doing well. Uh, Chris and Aaron, thank you guys for being on the show again. And I'll see you guys all next week. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.